Welcome to the Christian Dad Podcast. We are about progress, not perfection. We consistently take steps on our journey to be great Christian dads. There was only one perfect man, and it's not us. I am your host, Dan Lewigs, and my co-host, Evan Costello, is with us today. And we have a special guest for you, somebody who is truly special in my life, and as a matter of fact, in my family's life, as you guys are going to find out. We've got Dr. Brian Gosser. He's a medical doctor. He's an MD. He has a triple major in college. Uh, he majored in biology, theology, philosophy. He's an army veteran, a father of eight. That's right. I said eight children. And he's been married to Francie, uh, you know, from be- beginning to end. So the mother of all his children and his uh, beautiful bride that he honors, respects and adores. So I'm really excited to bring you this interview. Uh, we broke it into two parts. Um, so overall, uh, the theme is about God the Father and how we should imitate God the Father. And Brian's got three keys that he brings to us. One is God the Father is a protector. Number two, God the Father is a disciplinarian. And number three, God the Father is a humble leader. I also believe if we have those three things involved in our life and as uh, philosophies that we use and look to get better at all the time, we'll be great dads. Like those are pretty three simple keys that, uh, that are fantastic. So in this episode, in part one, we talk about uh, some guy stuff. We talk about Cardinals Cubs. We talk about John Goodman. Uh, we also talk about Band of Brothers. Uh, so this one's pretty fun. Nice little intro. Uh, part two dives into um, disciplinarian and humble leader. Part one dives more into the protector aspect. Um, and then also at the end of part two, we've got our weekly challenge. So I always like to have a challenge at the end of uh, at the end of each podcast. Uh, so at the end of this episode, no challenge, but at the end of uh, the second part, uh, there is a challenge there. So encourage you guys to tune into this one. I hope you guys get as much out of it as I did and uh, check out part two for sure. Thanks guys. Dr. Brian Gasser, we are so blessed to have you with us. Welcome. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm wondering who, who's the fantastic guest. I'm waiting to hear. <laughs> well, that is you. That is you. So, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Well, I'm you, honored to be considered that. You, you have uh, some, uh, you have some gifts that I absolutely appreciate. You are absolutely humble. You are absolutely a unique person in life, willing to share your gifts. You have a uh, incredible sense of humor, although odd quirky and uh, <laughs> that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me <laughs> comes out at some unexpected times we have shared some uh you know uh intimate uh conversations over the years and it's uh pretty amazing sometimes the humor you can bring into situations so something i know about you is you are fun loving and joyful and have a a way of radiating that joy to others. So people that get to spend time with you are truly blessed. Well, thanks. I, quirky is the nicest way it's ever been put. My wife usually <laughs> says I'm full of something, uh, but she's not sure exactly what. <laughs> but then again, she's married to me. So she, she knows the real deal, the real thing. She sees me at my worst always. 
So, so I would like to start off. Um, you've got a different background than almost anybody, you know, out. Well, you do have a different background than anybody out there, but from a professional job as well as uh, studies that you've done. Uh, you know, you're so qualified in so many different ways to be here on the Christian Dad podcast. So people yeah, have um, an idea. Yeah, Go. yeah, yeah. I, okay. Uh, I am a medical doctor. Uh, I went to medical school at St. Louis University here in town. That's how I came to St. Louis. I'm originally from Chicago. Um, sad to say I'm a former Cubs fan, but I, I had to become a Cardinals fan as part of the prenup agreement when I married a Kirkwood girl. Um, I am the father of eight. Uh, I didn't birth any of them. I left that all to my wife. She's the more amazing one of the two of us. Um, but in addition to the eight, we also have five in heaven. We've had five miscarriages in the mix. So that's that's been a part of our journey, uh, a very difficult part of our journey. Uh, but I, I feel like I'm a better person and a better doctor because of those five. I know they intercede for me and my family. Um, I, I was I had a stint in the army. I'm a former um, army doctor. Uh, I was on active duty for four years after med, uh, after residency. So I, I have an appreciation of our freedom uh, and the gift of our freedom that I think a lot of people don't have anymore these days. Um, I just I'm, I'm very blessed, and, and you know, in addition just to being the the scientist, um, yeah, I, I really felt like there, there's more to life than just science. Uh, when I was an undergrad, I, I decided to triple major in biochemistry, theology, and philosophy, just because. Well, you know. Um, I was at a Jesuit school and I, you know, wanted to pay more money. I think that was part of it. And at our next extra degrees, um, you know, that, that you have to figure out what to do with. So, but here, here I am. And, and it turns out that, that God has taken those things and, and I hope brought some good use out of them. And, and hopefully today you can benefit from that as well. So thank you for that intro. So you've got, children ranging in many ages, all the way up to 22, I believe, age 22. Yes, they're going to be, we have twin daughters that are going to be 23 in August, uh, down to our youngest, Charlie, is going to be nine on 4th of July. He, he was a 4th of July baby. We told him initially the fireworks were for him, and he, he still <laughs> believes that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing, though, too, that I would, I would say, Dan, uh, you know, I, I wanted to really make a disclaimer, you know, there are some things that I am and some things I am not. I really do not claim to be a parenting expert. You know, I, I question what we do all the time. Uh, one of the, the biggest uh, things that I think is of value is to have that older brother in the Lord, somebody whose kids you admire, that you can go to and just say, hey, what would you do in this situation? You know, it's, it's not always clear cut and, and there are not clear cut answers for most of the problems we face as parents. And so to have that, that resource person or, or a resource team even where you got a couple of people that, you know, the, the best way to find these people is, is look at their kids. They must have done something right to have good godly kids, kids that are still part of the church, kids that, you know, are disciplined, kids that can, um, you know, can, um, that are respectful. I, I mean, I, I come across people all the time that I just, I look at them. I, I, I won't break HIPAA here, but I, I met a patient not too long ago that I could tell immediately she was a wonderful mom. And as she began to tell me her history, you know, her, her parents were both drug addicts and they, 
you know, they had problems and this and that. Mm -hmm. How how in the world did this lady turn out okay? Well, as she explained, she had an aunt and uncle that were Pentecostal ministers that took her in, took in four other siblings or cousins or something. They, They were just wonderful people. And gave her a sense of stability, you know, and, and I, I mean, I would love to package what they did for her, but I, I mean, she came from such a messed up background that there was no way she was on track to be even a halfway decent person. And yet she's a fantastic lady. And, you know, I think what we're talking about is impacting other people's lives. You know, what does it take to really be an impact to someone? Uh, it's it's hard to package or it's hard to to fathom, but but there are certain things if we really boil it down um, that that it takes, and and I'd like to go into some of those. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. I'll I'll interject uh, slightly different. We had a uh, member of our community. He sent me a note. And I'd like to read the note. I won't disclose his name because I didn't get permission to use it. But uh, his, his note says, my biggest challenge as a dad husband is making decisions. Being in charge of developing my family's faith life is the biggest task I could ever be given. I emphasize those words. Um, being in charge of developing my family's is, faith is the biggest task I could ever be given. So as Christian dads, that is our responsibility. He goes on to say, my only true fear is not holding up my purpose. Is the example I'm setting what they should see? Do I practice what I, in parentheses, try to preach, etc.? I feel like I'm a pretty good dad, but as Dan Lewis mentioned, only one perfect man ever, which means that I've got a lot to work on. So I, I loved what he had to say, and you know he understands the responsibility of it and uh, the prep work that you've done. Uh, you want me to call you Doctor Gosser or Brian? Just call me Sir. <laughs> sir, yeah, Sir, Sir Knight. <laughs> we, we were talking baseball earlier. So funny story. I was uh, on my way to Bush Stadium with a uh, with a Christian uh, group, youth group, back when I was younger, and John Goodman, as he was gaining some celebrity happened to be walking along a few paces in front of us. And this young girl says, it's, you know, it's, it's him. It's that guy from Roseanne. We didn't know his name. So they're like, somebody's got to talk to him or whatever. So we run up and this girl goes, are, are you him? Are you really him? And John Goodman, I kid you not, without missing a beat, goes, yes. Yes, I am him. I am Christ your Savior. <laughs> You know, out of fear of lightning bolts, I know I'm, I'm inside, but, uh, you know, the lightning bolt can still come through this roof. I will never say that. Oh, my golly. It was the funniest thing. <laughs> we went on to have a good conversation after that, and he invited us to have hot dogs with him in the bleachers and all that type stuff. But, like, that was so funny that he was ready for that. So, so anyway, uh, we might talk some baseball today. Who knows, folks? I got my uh, Cardinals jacket on and uh, – the World Series background as my screensaver. So, um, yeah. but yeah, have, having that uh, sense of responsibility and you uh, really poured into thinking about things to talk about today to share with a, a Christian dad audience. So uh, I kind of let, yeah. let you open up and, and take it. Well, and you know, the, as I was thinking about what, what to name this, I thought uh, 
I took some inspiration from my now 18-year-old son. He was probably about 10 at the time, uh, and he had wanted to do something that, that wasn't good for him. And I told him no, and I told him no, and I told him no. And finally, I had worn him down to where he just, he realized that he wasn't going to get his way on this. And he, he said to me, he's like, Dad, you're the meanest dad in the whole world. You know, like, I think he said that because he thought it was going to hurt me, right? I was overjoyed. I mean, I'm like, I, I was number two for the last three years running. And now you're telling me I finally jumped into first place. I mean, that, that's glorious in my mind. What, what I mean by that is, you know, when we look at this, being a good dad, being the dad that our kids need is not going to be a popular decision. Uh, it, it is, it's going to challenge us down to our, our socks. Uh, it's going to take everything we have and then, then more. Um, if I, I would encourage you, and I, I had some some stuff here that I'm going to kind of skip over because I, I think it's not really necessary, but uh, a great Bible study for you in your own, own free time, if you got some time this summer uh, on the family and, and fatherhood, would be to take a look at the book of Ephesians. Uh, it's six chapters. It, you can read through this thing in probably about 20 minutes, uh, but it, it has lots of little gems in there. You know how we're, we're called as God's chosen people, that God's desire is to be merciful to us. He, he desires mercy, not sacrifice, that our salvation is a result of God's grace, not because we earned it, but because you know, he, he gives it to us freely. You know, he welcomes us into his family, whoever earned their way into a family. You know, Dan, I don't know about <laughs> your kids, but, you know, they, they didn't do anything to, to deserve to be in your family. Neither did my kids. And Evan's got a little girl on, on the way that's going to be welcomed into their family. And she's not done a thing to, to earn her way into a family. And that's the same thing with God's family. We can't earn our way into it. He welcomes us freely. And we're, we're saved by grace. You know, mm -hmm. by grace alone, not faith alone, like Luther said, but grace alone. Um, you know, the, the Ephesians goes on there. There's lots of little goodies in there. Uh, Ephesians 5 is the wives be submissive to your husband. So make sure you get your wives on board with that. Uh, and then Ephesians 6 is, you know, it's about not provoking your kids to anger and discipline and uh, the, the sword of the spirit and the, the armor of God, you know, so it's just, it's a great book. You know, it's, it's got so many good quality things. Paul really, I think was, was having a good time with Ephesians. Uh, and it, it's something that, that really has something for, for everybody. Yeah. I was, I was the reading thing, about the armor of God just last night. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, for, for your own perusing, I think that would be a great study and, and adjunct to this. Absolutely. But the thing we got to, we have to remember is we're soldiers in God's army, you know, the armor of God. He, he gives us armor for a reason because we're in his army. We're captains over our own family. Okay. And, and what stuck with me was there's a quote from Chesterton. It's the true soldier fights, not because he hates what's in front of him, but because he loves what's behind him. We're not, nobody likes to be the, the meanest dad in the whole world, okay? But it's because I love them so much that I'm willing to be the jerk, the one that, why do you have to do this? You know, why do you have to, why can't you be like all the other dads? Well, because I'm not the parent of those other kids. I'm, I'm your parent. I'm responsible for you and how you turn out, not how they turn out. So th there's always that little bit of animosity. 
you know, and, and the, the, the whole thing about it is when, when we talk about the kind, being the kind of father that we're supposed to be, who are we supposed to imitate? You know, when we think of it, you know, God the Father, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity. I, I don't know that we relate to God the Father quite as easily. You know, Jesus is so much more visible. He's on the cross. He's preaching. He's teaching. Um, you know, he's, he seems so much more approachable. But the Father is, you know, is the one that, that we're trying to understand. You know, and that compounds, is compounded by the fact that some of us had a really difficult relationship with our own fathers. Yes. Uh, you know, my, my dad was a recovering alcoholic. He, he was sober for 31 years before he died. But he, you know, had his problems. And we, he and I had it out a couple of times. And there, there were some, some really hard feelings uh, at certain points in our lives. Um, and, and that made it more difficult. So, you know, when we think of, you know, how do we model our fatherhood on the fatherhood of God? Um, that's, that's our challenge. It's really challenging. Um, you know, how do we know him? Well, you know, we get glimpses of it from, from Jesus, you know, um, because, you know, the father pours himself into the son and, and all that Jesus says and, and does, it really echoes what the father is doing and saying in John 14, nine, he who has seen me has seen the father, the father and son have such an incredible unity that, you know, when we look at Jesus, we're really seeing the Father. The Father is sacrificial. The Father has a heart for the poor. The Father, you know, everything that you think of that's, that's what Jesus stands for is in the Father because they're, they're so united, okay? So the, the introduction, I would say, is, you know, we're chosen, called, and saved by God's grace. God is our Father, and he leads by example. We're to be imitators, and we have to remember that we're in a war. We are in a war. We're soldiers. We got that armor of God that Paul talks about in Ephesians. And, you know, I, I just recently watched, um, I, I love watching Band of Brothers. I'm a Band of Brothers guy and um, Easy Company and um, Major Dick Winters. That, that guy was just amazing. But, you know, where he, you know, he's leading and he's like, come follow me. Come on. And you know, he just, he commands such respect that, you know, you have nothing to do but run and follow him. You know, you want to, you know, because he's leading you in the right way. You can't stay where you are or you're going to die. So I, um, I thought of that as, as kind of our start. We're, we're living in a world full of lies. And that's, that's part of the, the problem with what we've got. You know, the world's telling our kids, that, you know, life is fair, Every, everything should be equal, or, you know, everybody deserves a trophy just for showing up, or your parents don't know anything, you know, friends are where, where it's really at. And, and for fathers, you know, sometimes I think what society teaches us is that all we're required to do is, is provide food, clothing, and shelter, that if you do that, then you're a good father. Well, no, I mean, I, I think that's, that's really what is required to be a pet owner. If you got a dog and you provide food, clothing, and shelter, I mean, some of these little chihuahuas need clothing, okay, whatever. Um, we have a St. Bernard, a real dog, but, you know, he, she doesn't need any clothing, but, uh, but she needs food and shelter. So my, my point is that I think the, the society talks about food, clothing, and shelter as being what it, what's required to be a father. And, and it couldn't be farther from the truth couldn't be farther from the truth. Um, it also, society teaches us that our kids are so naive and innocent 
the kids are watching and they're paying attention every second of every day. They watch everything that we do and listen to everything that we say. And that's good and that's bad. Um, it's bad in the sense that every little screw up they see. <clears throat> However, those screw ups when turned to good or you know, those times where we blew it and we asked for forgiveness, they see that and they, they realize that we're genuine. Okay, if they, they see us, they're not going to believe a word we say if, if we're faking it. Okay. So the, the point is, and, and the, the three things, if, if I had to give you three points, uh, that's what they always say, right? You know, have, have a good beginning, good end, and have three points in the middle and keep them as close together as possible. The three points would be, if we're going to follow what God does, God is a protector. God is a disciplinarian. And God is a humble leader. And if we can in integrate those three things into our fatherhood, we're, we're going to be doing some good. Okay. So let's, let's try and tackle those one at a time. Let's talk about being a protector. I think about the Old Testament and the Adam, our first father. Okay. He was kind of set up. He had life at on easy street, right? He, before the fall, I, I often wonder how in the world, you know, could he blow it? <laughs> he had it so good he had really one job and it was to, well, to cultivate the garden, but to protect the garden. Okay. To protect it. So when, when you're charged with protecting the garden, there's gotta be somebody that you got to protect it against. Right. And so I, I think a lot of our modern books are picture books, you know, have these little snakes, you know, whatever. If, if you look in the book of revelation, the, the devil is portrayed as a huge dragon. I mean, the, this, this is a being that's, that's formidable, not a little snake that you could just crush its head, you know, unless you're the blessed mother, but that's, that's a different thing. Um, so this big dragon comes into the, into the garden and obviously Adam is afraid and here's a test and he's terrified. Um, and what happens? We know what happens. He succumbs and original sin occurs and the, the relationship between God and human beings is ruptured and they're cast out of the garden. Okay. Well, when, when we're sitting in our, our houses, you know, we, we think that everything is well, do we realize that our kids are in the next room getting murdered and beaten by the evil one, you know, by, um, pornography and chat rooms and uh, that our baby girls are being propositioned by lusting eyes and hands that their hearts are being captured by material things that can never satisfy you know here we are thinking that we're doing a good job providing food clothing and shelter for them and they're over here in total neglect because what they really need is not food clothing and shelter what they really need is us they need us involved and engaged with them, okay? Now, the question we have to ask ourselves is, do we want them to be with us in heaven? I mean, this is a big question. It's a hard question. Well, the even bigger question is, do I want to be in heaven? <laughs> you know, the, sometimes the way we act as parents doesn't really in, indicate that we want to be there. You know, we want to we please God without 
displeasing him too much. You know, we want to do our own thing and, you know, live, live a fairly holy life, but we don't, we're really not all too sure about going all in here. So the thing we got to remember is our salvation is not assured. You know, I think this, this may be a point of contention with some of our, our Protestant brethren. You know, a lot of them will think that, you know, you pray the sinner's prayer and you're automatically going to heaven. Well, we talked about getting into the family. We didn't do anything to deserve getting into the family. And God welcomes us into the family, but we can leave the family by our own choice. God doesn't want us to leave. But if we can repudiate everything, and I can say, I am no longer part of this family. I am out of here, like the prodigal son did. I mean, we, we could do that. So, you know, our salvation is not assured, uh, which, which is why, you know, our, our good friend St. Paul says, work out your salvation in fear and trembling. Or, you know, he talks about really living that Christian life and working out your salvation in fear and trembling because it's not a, a sure thing. It's not for us and it's not for our kids. So what are, what are we going to do about it? You'll laugh. Uh, I had a story. Uh, I was in the car one time with, with my Timothy. He's 16 now. I think he was about 12, 11 or 12 uh, then at the time. And we're driving along. It was just he and I. Uh, I think I had dragged him to the hospital because I had to make rounds or something. Uh, he was the only one that, that I could drag with me. Uh, so we're driving back home and he, out of the blue, he just says to me, dad, do you think I'll, I'll be in heaven someday? And of course, you know, without batting an eyelash, I said, Timothy, it's going to be close. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he just kind of stopped for a little bit. He's like, Oh my God. You know? And then he and I had a great laugh and, you know, I, I said it in a joking way, but do we really realize for all of us, it's, it's going to be pretty close. It's going to be pretty close. I mean, don't let, let's not, let's not take any chances. You know, mother Angelica, the, the great quote of mother Angelica was, um, please don't, don't shoot for purgatory because you might miss. Yes. And yes. Uh, I thought, oh, wow, that that's profound. You know, don't shoot for, for purgatory because you might miss, you know, in, in the same way, you know, what are we doing? What are we doing? Are, are we really going to go for this? I mean, are we really taking the sainthood thing seriously? I mean, are, are we just going to kind of mull around and maybe change our lives eventually when it gets convenient for us? Or are we really going to start living the way we should be living? I, I'm, I'm not saying this to convict anybody. I, I, I'm saying it to myself because there have been times where I know I, if I'm really honest, I'm not, I, I'm not trying my best. You know, and is God worthy of my best? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I'm called to greater holiness constantly and convicted. And uh, that's, that's what I, I, I had that for. question in my mind years ago. And, you know, if, if somebody like you used to say, you know, what do you want to know or whatever, or if I was your son, you know, Hey dad, how do I get to heaven? And the real in parentheses part was what's the bare minimum yeah. Yeah. You know, and like a high jumper, uh, what do I need to do to clear whatever, six foot, seven foot? Well, if I'm training to only clear that and I miss just by a fraction, there's some pretty big repercussions for missing. So instead of how do I just barely get over the bar, different question. What's the most I can do? Right. 
What's the right? Well, you know, uh, it's when, when you think of it. Can I clear the bar? Right. What What has God done for you, and what is your response? It's most of the time my response is pathetic. I'll admit it's pathetic. But you know what? Um, you know, when it comes to high jumping, I am a little heavy on my feet. So, <laughs> however. I, I, I'm going to get a leg transplant. I'm going to get like springy legs and I'm going to be able to jump, you know, instead of, it'd be more like pole vaulting, only it'd be high jumping, you know, that's how springy my legs are going to be. It's going to be cool, but uh, we'll, we'll get back to you on that. All right. So that was the end of part one on the uh, interview with Dr. Brian Gosser. Hopefully you guys love that. Uh, we really got to dive into being the protector of our families. Uh, we got to talk about Adam and his one job was just to protect the garden. Uh, you know, <laughs> you had one job, man, and you, you blew it. Uh, and then the rest of the story happens from there. So part two uh, coming up, again, we'll, we'll dive into disciplinary and we'll dive into humble leader. Uh, it'd be great if you guys enjoyed this and you'd like to continue the conversation uh, drop your thoughts into Facebook page, The Christian Dad. And if you'd like to invite some of your friends, some of your brothers, some of your uh, your people in life that you value what they think, um, invite them into the group. Love to have them in The Christian Dad group. Feel free and share this podcast with them as well. So thanks guys for tuning in and uh, look forward to getting your thoughts on the part two as well.